0: Coming up, today's guest is the director of growth at Rev.com. You're going to discover how simplifying their onboarding flow doubled conversions, a hack to get in-person user feedback, and why adding a Facebook login did not lead to the growth they were expecting. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at B7Dev.com. .com. If you want to target the youngsters, then you have to be on Snapchat. And if you want to use Snapchat influencers to drive massive downloads for your app, then you have to check out fanbytes.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place, the podcast, the blog, the YouTube channel. that you go when you want action-packed content in the app business because I talked to some phenomenal people related in the mobile space to really learn from them so that we can learn along the way and hopefully grow our respective businesses. And today I've got a phenomenal guest and I'm a big fan of this website, so Rev, really easy R-E-V.com. I use it for all my YouTube, all my transcriptions. Anytime I need something quick transcribed or captioned, I use them cuz I trust them, they're so accurate. I'm super excited to have them on so let me introduce the guest. His name is Baron Caster. He is the director of growth at Rev. Baron, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Steve.
0: Baron, where are you calling from? Or where, where are you right now?
1: I am in San Francisco right now.
0: I try to make sure people in the audience know because just in case you're like, oh, I'm in that part, like, you know, maybe we want to grab coffee and learn from each other too. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're in San Francisco, feel free to reach out. I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah. We're both in the Bay area right now. All right. All right, Baron. So let's talk a little bit more about Rev and then like some of the tactical things. So I want to get into that, but first you guys come out, came out with a new app called the call recorder. So tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yes. Rev released a call recorder for iPhone specifically that is entirely free. So it makes it very easy for anyone to record calls. Uh, that they want to take notes on so they can remember anything about the call. And then afterwards, we make it very simple to get that transcribed by Rev's uh, human-powered transcription service.
0: Right. And is there a payment for the transcription?
1: Yes. So the app and the recording is 100% free, and that's something that everyone else on the market charges for today. We give that away for everyone. So... For anyone right now that has an important call and wants to remember all of the nitty de- uh, gritty details, please go ahead and use it. And then we charge our standard price on transcription, which is a dollar a minute.
0: Yeah, it's really stinking cheap. Like I was, whenever I did the YouTube videos, it was like 10 bucks. I was like, yeah, duh, like, duh let's do it. <laughs> you know, the what I want to talk about, like I, I know I asked you before we hit record, but I want to make sure the audience understands like how does this call recorder work? Like do I need to make sure that you and I both have the app and then it gets recorded? Like how does that work?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I wish it was a, a very simple answer, but uh, Apple is a little... Uh, close-minded with their app ecosystem at times. So how you actually record a call is uh, you place a call through the app and the app calls out to both the person you're trying to reach and it places another call to our recording line that is specifically for you and then you merge the calls. And then once the calls are merged in that place, uh, everything is recorded.
0: Got it. I love it, man. I love it. So let's get into the, some of the tactical things too about Rev and some of the ways that you guys have been able to grow. I know you told me before we hit record about how like simplifying an onboarding process helped you double conversions. So I talk a lot about like making sure the onboarding process is clear. It's concise. Like it gets to the message. What are some things that you took out, took out of the app that help grow the actual signups? And then actually, it wasn't even signups. Like, it's actually people who actually pay for the app, too. Yes,
1: people giving us money. Uh, yeah, we, we just learned over time that you really need to be uh, simple and straightforward in all UX. And even if you think you need information from people to make the experience better in the app, you're better asking for that information later Actually, after they've actually seen value and Enjoyed their experience using the app. So, we cu- I, uh, I told you before the call, we cut out uh, half the number of onboarding screens. So, we used to do things like asking for a referral or a discount code to uh, get people more excited about the app. And we saw that people were just leaving the app to go look for a discount code or a referral code and never coming back. We asked people about their email or contact information so we could hypothetically market to them later. And then we realized there's no point in doing that. They already have the app on their phone. You should keep all of the messaging through the medium that they they uh, signed up through. So we we also asked for their name. We realized there's no point in knowing their name because they don't care. They just want to get value from what you're uh, trying to give them. There's a reason they downloaded your app. So the faster you can get them to that, the better.
0: Awesome. The Do you remember how many screens you guys went down to?
1: Uh, I believe it was eight to four. Wow. Yeah, so we still have some information, but yes. And yeah, and there was pushback on whether we should delete the screens or not, because we do serve up more valuable and contextual information later because of those things, like personalizing the app further. But for us, it didn't make sense.
0: Was there something that you've tried in the past that didn't work so well?
1: Uh, Other teams had tried in the past and it hadn't worked so well. So when I came in ready to slash screens, they had a little (laughs) bit of apprehension, but the data speaks for itself.
0: What about the social login story that you kind of briefly told me about too?
1: Yeah, so that was probably my uh, least performant bet to make the app easier to use and sign up for. Um, We spent a ton of engineering time working on social login, uh, specifically Facebook, and uh, it, it helped the sign-up rate and made it easier because you can just tap on one button and uh, authenticate the app, but it did not produce a huge lift and cre- ended up creating a lot of headaches for, for everyone. And a lot of this may have been timing. We released the Facebook integration after Facebook had a ton of data privacy issues, mm. so there's a little bit of pushback generally, but it was a, a bet that we made that really didn't pay off. And I, I wish we had spent our time working on other smaller, faster initiatives than doing one huge, huge thing that did not end up having a huge win.
0: Now, Brian, like, or Baron, I, I <laughs> see, I it's see okay. this all the it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? People call me Brian?
1: Yeah. My Starbucks name is Ben because people <laughs> can't figure out Baron. <laughs>
0: It's a very common name, Baron Davis, you know, <laughs> anyways. But what I was going to ask you is people say it all the time with like the social login stuff. Like it tends to actually here's. I got lost in track <laughs> where I want to ask you, people say this to me all the time when, you know, I work on ASO and I help them grow their app. Well, it wasn't as big as we thought. And I'm like, dude, you know, I, we just doubled it. Yes. From a numerical number, number, we might not have seen huge success, but it's been a double since what you were doing. Like what made you say that it, this didn't grow as much? What does the as much really mean?
1: Yes. As much, um, for any sort of conversion or growth work. You always need to look at the relative improvements, not absolute improvements, because growth uh, as a process generally will be a lot of smaller incremental things that add up over time. Right. So in this case, it was about a 10 percent lift on that one step, which is still great. But I think we could have allocated those resources and gotten a ton of small five to 10 percent lifts in other parts of the experience that would have added up to a lot more overall. But you make a great point. Yeah, you can't have unrealistic expectations for how much these things will work. And you always have to think about it as a process and a series of improvements. It will never be one growth hack or one huge copy change that makes your app a huge success.
0: You know, I'm gonna link up your Medium article on this too, but I love this headline, three things that will always, that always, actually not even (laughs) will, that always improve conversion. Do you wanna, can you talk a little bit more about this? Like maybe some of the three things?
1: Uh yeah, I, I'd be happy to. And thank you. All right, for let pl- me tee it up for you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So yeah, the three things I talk about are number one, uh, always proactively answering customer questions. So people will inevitably have questions about how things work or why they are the the way they are, and the the better you can get at addressing those proactively, the the top question marks that they either have or will have, it'll Mm. put them at ease with using your app and make it a much more seamless experience. So be proactive about doing those things.
0: How do you go about being proactive about answering those things? I, you know, there's another business that I just started where I'm getting a lot of the same freaking questions. And I was like, maybe I should put like a how it works and try to answer it that way. But like, without bombarding the user with so much messaging, how do you balance between like, here's how everything, like just throwing everything out and versus like making sure it's elegant at the same time?
1: Yes. So, uh, I would say definitely don't put a giant how it works section in the first page of your app because no one's going to read it, right? You have to serve up information when it's relevant to the person. Um, so it is a balancing act and it always will be. You want to have clear and concise messaging that addresses maybe the top 80% of requests you get and not worry about those long tail things, because the people that have tons of questions will always have tons of questions. Even if you give them uh, most of the answers, they'll always come back for more. And there's just some people that live that way. (laughs) Um, And they won't read what you put out anyway, and they'll still ask you. So it's a balancing act, but between having concise messaging and also addressing the the top 80% of requests, which normally is only like 20% questions are responsible for 80% of the volume. It's the classic eighty twenty rule what we've seen. I don't know if it's a case for everybody. And then in learning what those are, uh, exactly what you just talked about, like answering support requests, putting chat inside your app and seeing what questions people have, um, adding analytics tools and seeing where people get hung up or spend the most time or fall off. Those are sort of, uh, entry points and data points that you can use to assess where are the biggest questions and sticking points.
0: Are there ways that you guys like to test user use? I mean, execute user testing.
1: Yes, we are very lucky in that we have a a world class uh, user uh, UX designer. Um, His name is Andy Branch, and he runs a design conference in Utah called Front. Front. So this is a small plug for him, but we, yeah, we love user testing and we do it in a number of ways. We use different tools for it. One of them is validately where you can do remote user testing. And then we also, one of my personal favorites is uh, paying someone off Craigslist to come into your office And use your app while you watch them in real time and ask them to speak out loud. And there's a lot of things that come from that, just being in person and seeing how someone reacts to certain messaging and what resonates that you don't get through doing it remotely. Um, it's, It's unconventional, but it's good just to get a complete stranger to your app and see if they can understand what it's like.
0: I've heard many past guests do this where they'll throw a pizza party and buy like five or six or five, to 10 people from Craigslist and be like, all right, here's the app, you know, use it. Let me, let oh, me that's hear great. you talk. Yeah. So yeah. definitely the, you know, I'm reluctant to kind of be like both sides, like Craigslist versus like user testing, right. Where it's all done remotely. It's sort of the same concept where people are talking at using your app and talking it out. Like what, have you done both and have you seen benefits to one or the other?
1: Uh, yeah, we do both. I mean, the, the benefits of the remote is it's so much easier. <laughs> Validately has a, a, yeah, it's an incredible <laughs> self-serve um, platform. You can do synchronous or asynchronous. So that is the, our go-to just because you can spin one up in under 10 minutes and get feedback very quickly and you don't need to be there. It's great. And then when you're you know you're going to spend a lot of time digging into a problem, I would suggest spending the extra time to actually bring people in off Craigslist or get random friends who aren't familiar with your app to use it, any sort of way to get an outsider's opinion. Because we spend so much time looking at our app, thinking about the details, being in the weeds, that it's hard to get a, a beginner's mindset or a fresh set of eyes on the problem.
0: Oh, I love Validately. That, are they different from like user testing type of thing? Or is it very it's similar? True.
1: Validately is just our preferred vendor.
0: Okay, very similar. Okay, I got to check them out too. So I've been thinking about doing something on user testing for another client too, but that's awesome. Yeah, like they're
1: both great tools. Um, our, our designer just loves Validately, so we've been ingrained with them for some time.
0: Well, they're designs. <laughs> it's a way better looking site, if I'd say so myself. I'm like, I love this. It's so clean. It's all white and easy to read, good spacing. <laughs> anyway, it's the... All right, let's get into some of the next things. I think this is a key point and I want to see how you sort of think about this too, but like, let's focus on customer benefit, not features. And I think it's a big thing that a lot of like product people, developers focus on. Like, how do you go about like highlighting the benefit, not necessarily the features too?
1: Yeah, I'd say it takes practice because as a product person, uh, first, I love thinking about all of the features and the benefits that we put out there. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, why would anyone care about this? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it get them? So uh, that's how I think about it. I just always have to ask that question. Like, what is the benefit to the person using this? Not why is it so cool that we have it, but how are people going to actually use it? What value does it give them? And then tell them that because they don't care about what features you put out. No one cared that Facebook login was then in the app. But if you say this saves you time, people care about getting their time back. So speak to people in their language and make it about them, which is basically all of sales. (laughs) We just do sales through product and copy, being on uh, working on apps as opposed to telling people in person.
0: You know, I'll point to the call recorder app too, like the screenshots, because I think their screenshots are so stinking valuable. And you correct me if you disagree, but transcribe and record and transcribe any phone call. And I like the way it's designed because it's record and transcribed is actually bolded. And then you talk about the free and unlimited call recordings, like that. The key benefits are actually bolded, not like how you do it, you know, like How you actually do the free recordings, which is what you and I talked about in the early on, isn't like, hey, call a number and then do this and then get unlimited calling.
1: Steve, it's incredible that you mentioned that because I was responsible for putting out the MVP of the app and just getting it live in the app store. And then uh, another person on our team took over and she said the exact same thing. Uh, Mine was more about, oh, this is how you do it just because it was very simple and we already had those screenshots ready to go. And then she took the time to really understand the customer use cases, what people cared about, and then made them into the App Store uh, screenshots that you're looking at right now. And that only happened about a week ago because the app is very young. And uh, it, it has incredibly boosted App Store conversion rates from people that actually view it to install it. It has improved uh, over 15%, which is huge for us.
0: Right. We, as for another client of ours, we didn't change the keywords, we didn't do anything. And we saw like an 80% lift by messing around with the messaging oh, and the wow.
1: screenshots. percent that, yeah. Cool. yeah. I think
0: the exact was like 88 or 89. It was almost double the downloads just from the impressions. So, like impressions to downloads doubled. And downloads that's obviously doubled.
1: Incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like it. Job and I chief. like, yeah, hit me. <laughs> sorry, what'd you say? I said, good job, Steve. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> Let's talk more about me. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But I love the way you guys also, and I think this is a key point. And I want to mention to the listeners the fact that there is some payment in there is key, I think. You know, like you don't want to mislead the users, but you want to get it in the right frame of mind that, hey, you're going to have to eventually buy something. Like, this is what we want you to do. And the onboarding process, you hear from games all the time, as they're onboarding you and doing that little Tutorial type of thing. They want you. They're showing you shop, buy. You know, they're showing these mechanisms that they eventually want you to do too.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, that being said, I still want to reiterate that you can just be an entirely free user and never pay right. if you don't want to.
0: <laughs> Got it. Man. I I to, man. I
1: people, because people always assume that because all of the other apps are paid, right. at some point we're going to hit you with a paywall. Or delete all your recordings if you don't give us money, hold them hostage. We don't do any of that. So right. I just want to be clear.
0: If you don't want to transcribe it, heck, you don't you don't need it unless you want to do something else with it. You don't have to yeah. transcribe it. Unless you have a podcast or anything else, you probably it, don't need to transcribe it anyways.
1: Yeah, but if you have a podcast <laughs> and you're doing interview calls, it's perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, Baron, before I want to get on to some of the investing side, because this is something that I'm very curious about personally. So I want to talk to you about that and how you've been able to do it. Before I do, I would do want to thank my sponsor b7dev.com. If you're looking for an app development shop that can help you when you have the idea, when you've taken Barron's tips and said, okay, I'm going to simplify the onboarding process. I'm going to really focus on the benefits and create some, create some great screenshots. And you got to those early users and now you are like, I've sort of validated this idea. and I want to build it out. Go check them out. It is B, the letter B, the number seven, dev.com. They've been a longtime sponsor. And I know people in the audience who have used them, who have said, oh my God, thank you for that because they won't charge you an arm and a leg. And they'll actually get the work done. Hyman and his team have done a tremendous job of really, really helping entrepreneurs grow, build that first app so that people aren't like, Steve, I've what else am I going to do? I blew all my budget on development. Look, developing is the easy crap, making it out, putting it out there, creating a good product and marketing it. That's the hard stuff too. So if you're ready to get started, the website and the app development firm that I use and trust, it is B the letter B seven dev.com B seven dev.com. All right, Baron. So let's talk about some of the more the personal side. Let's get to know Baron a little bit more, but the investment side, how did you get started? And you know, what made you want to do this?
1: Yeah, so I initially kicked off my career in tech by working for a venture capital firm out of school, General Catalyst Partners, and there I looked at digital health, consumer mobile, and wearables, generally as a segment, and from then I, I got the early stage bug, adding value to early stage companies, and seeing which ones would be breakout successes, so That's what initially kicked me off down the investing route. That being said, I didn't get into it personally until a couple years later, um, where now I do some angel investing on the side. It is a very, very small part of my portfolio, but something that I'm very active in
0: how do you look at deals? You know, I've, I was considering it and I read a book and they're like, you know, it's a whole different muscle. What makes you a great entrepreneur may not make you a great investor. And I was like, Oh, maybe I I'm hyping this thing up because, you know, growing up in the Bay area, you're always thinking you build a company, you sell it, and then you angel invest, you know, that's like the the, the general arc of it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh,
1: no, yes, that is the general arc of it. I'd say that uh, I'm not a great investor yet, so I can't give very sound advice and stand behind it because I'm unproven. Uh, normally, for angel investing, it takes eight to 10 years to actually see an, any returns because your uh, equity is locked up in private companies and there aren't a lot of early liquidation events. But things I generally look for are, are mostly around uh, the team. Uh, the market and their ability to execute on it, but most of it comes comes down to the team. I see.
0: I like it. And then the idea or the like, the market potential—is that anything that you think about too?
1: Yeah, definitely. And there are certain things that I'm attracted to more so than others. The things I care a lot about are uh, marketplaces. Rev is a a marketplace business, and I understand them extremely well, so I feel more comfortable working in those B two B software. Uh, I'm a huge nerd for B2B software. Consumer has bigger numbers and can seem very sexy and appealing, but I really like understanding business use cases that provide real world value. And that is extremely tangible. And then the final thing that I, I've dipped my toe into, but I haven't dove headfirst in yet, is the world of crypto.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have no idea. What those things yeah, are.
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on there and the space is rapidly evolving and I see it as uh, being a, a huge, huge field that uh, you have to be full in on. And I haven't gone full in yet. I was in December, January when, uh, <laughs> when the things were very hot there. And I've been active in the space for a couple years. But I know a lot of people that are going full in in there. And it makes a big difference.
0: Okay. Now let me bring it back over to Rev a little bit now. When you are launching an app what are some of the things like the growth metrics or the growth like levers that you try to focus on?
1: So first we try to put an app out there that is great. We don't actually market it extremely heavily until we believe in the user experience and know that the app has no faults. So (laughs) Although I'd love to think that every app we put out there is perfect, it it has never been the case. Mm -hmm. So there's always a lot of uh, space to improve the UX before we go to market it heavily. And then once we do start marketing, we look at various paid avenues and also organic. So ASO, like you were talking about, um, we've seen the most success with paid advertising in Apple ads, um, Apple search ads. So I was... Uh, around when they first launched Apple Search Ads and we put our apps on there as quickly as possible and the returns were incredible. Since then, other companies have smartened up and it's been more competitive, but we've still been able to acquire uh, users very profitably through Search Ads.
0: Are there any tips that you can give us around Search Ads?
1: Um, I guess the biggest tip would be that it, it behaves very similarly to Google AdWords where you have to be very refined in how you add uh, exact versus broad match, adding the negative keywords to weed out anything that's bleeding money that's not directly relevant to your your app or the user base and what they would be searching for. So it it does require refinement over time and being very data-driven in how you approach it, but it has been very successful for us.
0: I know some of my friends, they like to set up campaigns where it's literally the ad group is the exact match. So like, if you're going after a phrase, they just do exact match. They're like, don't add, don't touch this Apple. Cause you know, like sometimes Apple, if you just put broad match, they'll just key you up with other things. So he'll set up an ad group or just exact match. And just like one word,
1: we have an exact match group and then a broad group. Okay. And then allocate budgets differently across them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of see what comes out of it.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Very cool. The, The other thing that I wanted to get into was, Hey, I do want to talk to you about this. So I wanted to do this like fun exercise too, maybe for your investor side, this is me personally. So I have this other business, it's B2B, right? And what, what I believe Baron is that the gig economy, right? Like kind of like what you talked about with the marketplace that people are going to be, there's going to be more entrepreneurs, but they're going to be solopreneurs. They're going to be running anywhere from a six figure business, but they're going to be very small teams. Right. And so what I started building for myself is copy masters essentially using why I came up with the idea was like, Hey, I am great at podcasting. I'm great at YouTubing, but I don't necessarily, like I can write, but I don't want to Right? So can I hire somebody to where I can just say, here's a YouTube video, go turn it into an amazing blog post. And so I have this idea where it's copy masters. It's kind of like design pickle. Are you familiar, familiar with design pickle?
1: Uh, I'm not totally familiar. Is it a, uh, I, I get the, it's a distributed marketplace. But is it based on a reward system where the best design? No. So it's unlimited
0: design designs. No, it's unlimited design. So what I have with copy masters is unlimited copywriting. So essentially, you know, you get, you pay a monthly price. And here's what we're going to give you. We're going to give you content. I think what we found in the early stages is that we're really great at case studies. We're really great if you give us an example of a blog post that you really like. But we Mm -hmm. suck at if you're like, hey, write about crypto, like seven things of crypto, and you don't give us anything, we're going to fail on that or guard it. Even if you give us something, we might fail because it's not going to be like specific to how Baron talks or how Baron likes to write, right? And so, poke holes on this as an investor.
1: As an investor? Um, well, first I would see the types of customers that you're getting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how much they actually spend with you, how much it costs, like the general unit economics of it. And I'd say how big is that market? Because, uh, immediately I start to think companies that are big enough would just do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So you're limited to like SMB people that are also SEO focused, which seems like a, a smaller market.
0: Any and the then
1: awesome.
0: what? Uh, anything else?
1: Um, I mean, that's it off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: (laughs) And then, I mean, the other thing that would be a flag to me is that you're running a a couple businesses at the same time. So it's not your full time effort and you have incredible energy. And from what I've seen so far, very intelligent. So if you were to pour all of your time into that, that would be a much better sign for any investor. No one wants to invest in a side project that's a plaything and that does not have uh, the full attention of someone, because then you're just playing with their money, and no one wants to think about that. Love it.
0: All right, now <laughs> going back to you. I, know I, go back, I like to go back and forth. Is there anything yeah. else you want to cover with Rev that we have that we missed out?
1: Um, no, no. I think you've done a good job of explaining it. I will say that uh, we do have one other app that plugs into Rev's transcription service. It is the Rev Voice Recorder. It's a very simple app. It is similar to the voice memos app on your iPhone, except mm-hmm. it gives you better ability to to trim audio. But we have uh, many, many users that love it because it's good for dictating and then getting notes on your dictation or interviewing in person and then getting notes on your interview. And it plugs into our transcription app the same way the call recorder app does.
0: That's awesome. Is this the Temi one or is it just the Red? This red is
1: one. Red Voice Recorder. Got it. And then, uh, yeah. You just alluded to it. We also have an app called Temi Voice Recorder, and that is very similar to the Rev Voice Recorder. It's a much more modern app, but the main difference there is that it plugs into Temi, which is AI transcription. So it is our own speech technology that we have built up over a number of years that is the most accurate speech rec on the market to date nice. and it costs 10 cents a minute where rev which is a human doing it and slower but far more accurate costs a dollar a minute
0: right that's awesome 10 cents is nothing like that's amazing that's
1: yeah so podcasters love temi right. we've been blowing up in the podcast community
0: <laughs> well good <laughs> good thing you're here too well Yes, he's going
1: to be a new customer.
0: <laughs> definitely. I, we were talking about this before we hit record as well. I was like, hey, I've got somebody who actually does the human stuff, but I told her to use something just to help the human stuff. And I'm sure that's exactly. how Tiny was sort of born too. It's like, hey, we need something to help these human guys a little bit so that they're not spending tons of time listening to every little detail as well. Exactly. Awesome. Well, before we hit the big finish, I want to thank my last sponsor, fanbites.com Look, if you're looking to use influencer marketing, influencers, these amazing influencers on Snapchat, right? This is where the young people are. I'm not there anymore. I've aged myself out of it. But if you're looking to drive low-cost downloads using Snapchat influencers, go check out FanBytes.com. They are going to help you drive. They've driven low-cost downloads for as low as like. Under 50 cents, which is amazing, and at scale, and that's the important part, too, is like after so much time, sometimes there's a there's, there's some diminishing returns, but you won't get that on FanBytes. They've worked with tremendous brands and some of my clients, which is why we got involved in the first place, because they were like, what? Steve, this guy's doing so much, and we've done so much, and so go check them out. If you're looking to use influencer marketing on Snapchat, go check out FanBytes, By. T-E-S, Fanbytes, the geeky way of spelling bytes, fanbytes.com. Baron, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app we definitely have to check out?
1: Oh, one app you definitely have to check out is Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. And it is a library app that plugs into your local library for downloading, Books and audiobooks, and reading and listening to them. And it's entirely free. I love free apps. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's incredible. Yeah, I have found a new love for the library system because of this app. I use it more than my Kindle app or my Audible app because the selection, at least in San Francisco's library system, is very comprehensive. And it's just a very simple, intuitive experience. There used to be a number of library apps out there that all plugged into the same uh, system and the other ones were awful. They're hard to use. They were older technology. They were all over the map. But Libby is my number one recommendation and go visit your local library because they have a lot of great content that you can tap into for free.
0: I don't know how I came across Libby, but I absolutely love that app too. It's just like, because I take my kids to the library all the time yeah, And I don't think I ever found out because of the library, but I was like, where has this app been all my life? Because the selection is amazing. And the audiobook selection, yeah, like, I'm like you. I was like, I don't need Audible now yeah. that I'm living.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it blew my mind how uh, well they executed on it. Yeah. But it, it's really my favorite. I right. use it every day.
0: What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn?
1: Uh, the lesson that took me the longest to learn, uh, which is a little ironic is that moving faster is better. So moving faster, even if your app may be ugly and it's just a raw MVP or the copy isn't perfect, just get something out there in front of people and learn as quickly as possible. And that's a big part of the way we do both product and marketing and generally everything across the board at Rev. We always think that getting something to learn is better because you will be a lot smarter seeing real world data and results, even on a bad prototype, than uh, building the perfect thing and then shipping it. So I've learned that lesson. And now it's baked into my DNA, just because of how much I preach it internally. But uh, I wish I learned it faster.
0: Well, the website is Rev.com. If you want to check out the call recorder app, just search for Rev call recorder, you'll get that Unlimited, free call recording forever. You only have to pay if you want that transcription. But Baron, is there anywhere else you want to send the listeners to?
1: Uh, no, no. Uh, Steve has said it incredibly well. So thank you so much. <laughs> if you are interested in some of my writing, it's on Medium. You can find me under my name, Baron Caster. But please check out Rev and Temi if you're into podcasting because you can also get transcripts of other podcasts that you don't have the time to listen to, but want to read really quickly for 10 cents a minute. So a half hour podcast will cost you $3, but it'll save you so much time.
0: Yeah, $3, that's nothing. That is freaking awesome. Well, if you got anything out of this, I'm going to link all that into the show notes. If you click on Baron's name, you're going to go to his Twitter profile as well. If you got anything out of this, like I always say, find a way to thank the guest like I'm about to do now. Baron, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks, Steve. This has been fun.
0: Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat.